stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick, and I'm going solo today to talk about housing again. Kevin Cook and I recently discussed the housing market here on the Market Edge already once in 2023, but it seems like a big topic because rates have spiked again and we're getting all these reports in from the home builders, from retailers like Home Depot, from some of the furniture, uh, the paint guys, just the whole industry is now reporting and we're seeing kind of what may be happening here in 2023. It's not all bad. That's why the stocks have spiked on a lot of these companies, but still seeing some uh, possibilities of some stresses that might be coming later on this year. So as I mentioned, it's about rates. Rates have come down to start 2023. So if you remember, they spiked very dramatically above 7% last fall. They went, I think, as high as about seven and a quarter. They did come back down in January here of 2023, back down to about 6%. They were for like a day or two briefly under six. I think they went to like five, nine or five, nine, nine. It was like briefly under there and then it spiked back up. But now they've seen a quick reversal that could maybe be shaking up the market again. And they're back up the 30-year fixed up to about 6.8% as the 10-year looks to be approaching that 4% level again. And so that's putting pressure on all this. So going back up to 6.8 is not very uh, fun, but many home buyers, those who wanted to buy to start 2023 and, and knew they were gonna buy, hopefully locked in when the rates did go down to about six. So they locked in earlier, they can still buy as long as they got that rate locked for a couple of months. It's usually 60 to 90 days. And But once that expires or anyone new coming in who did not rate lock already, it's already back to 6.8. And that is probably gonna keep a lot of buyers again on the sidelines like last fall. But rates are only half the story. Everybody just talks about the rates because it is a big part of it. Obviously, uh, you have a monthly payment you want to make. And if that payment is up five, six, maybe even $1,000 a month, then you're not buying the house, right? So rates are huge. But again, only half the story. The other half is employment. And it remains a strong job market. The tech layoffs have been hitting, as we know, uh, started late last year and still more to start 2023, but a large portion of those have been hitting in only select cities in big numbers. And I would say those are obviously Seattle, the Bay Area, New York City, maybe Austin. Here in Chicago, where I am, we have a large tech industry, but uh, the Press isn't really reporting that it's been like thousands of layoffs here in Chicago. I'm sure there's some from these big companies that are laying off. We have large offices here in Chicago for Alphabet, Meta, all those companies have big presence here, but not as much and not as concentrated as in these big tech cities. And now we're also hearing from the media, like the Wall Street Journal, that many who have already been laid off are rotating into new jobs, like quickly. So that's a good sign. We have unemployment 
from the BLS back down to 3.4%, the lowest in like 50 years. Weekly jobless claims have also come down, surprisingly, because we have had these layoff announcements. And remember, the weekly jobless claims are the actual filing of the person with the state to get unemployment. So I'm laid off. Then I go, oh, this stinks. And then I go to my state you know, unemployment and I put in my request to get the unemployment and that's what's in the weekly jobless claims. There is always a lag. Um, it is always the prior week when the data comes out, um, but there is a, even a bigger lag because many people when they're first laid off tend not to file for unemployment immediately, especially in these big tech jobs where they might have gotten very good severance. Then they're like, meh, I'm looking around. I don't need to file for that like immediately and I can wait. So if they're rotating into a new job almost right away, those people are not going to file. So that's what we're starting to see. Maybe a lot of the uh, tech layoffs, they're not filing. That's a good sign for the strength of the job market. So where does that all fit in with housing, though? If you have a job and you think you're going to keep it, you are will, you know, more willing to go out there and buy a house, either new or existing or either one. Um, and then it comes down to the rate. So it's a dual thing. But the stronger job market is, you know, helping put a floor for at least the builders um, out there. And so you're still getting some buyers. So what is happening here in 2023? We are now in the spring season, as it's called. It always starts after the Super Bowl, and we're now after the Super Bowl. And this is when um, you know the vast majority of the inventory starts to come on the market. The next like two or three months are the big season for both new home builders and the existing market for various reasons. But the biggest has always been to get uh, kids into a new school district by like the summer so they can adjust before they start at new schools in the fall. So this is always just the big time in the cycle. And we've been seeing the housing stocks starting to rise last year, even though the news was pretty grim out of a lot of the builders. So this caused a conundrum with many stock investors. Why are the shares you know, rising so dramatically when the news is bad? We know sales are down sharply because of those high mortgage rates. We knew that in the fourth quarter of last year. But that's because there is this thing called the hope trade. I've talked about it before. I talked about it when I was did the podcast with Kevin Cook. And that was pre-pandemic. But historically, um, investors in this area, in housing, uh, start to feel hope. Hope for the spring. And it starts usually in the fall into the holidays. And they start to think, hey, maybe spring is going to be pretty good for the home builders. And the stocks have historically risen into the spring season. Then they might stay elevated as the spring. If the spring season is good, if it's not good, they might come down. But then they usually kind of peter out by the summer. Everyone goes on vacation, things slow, even in housing. And then um, the stocks kind of, you know, either flatline or come down a little bit and don't do much. So we may be kind of back into that. But what are the builders saying? What is happening with the 
spring season. We're still getting some builder reports in, and this is the week of the 20th, February 20th, 2023. So after the Super Bowl, we did get some reports in prior to the Super Bowl and in January, which were reporting good results uh, from you know, order perspective, the buyers were coming back in because those mortgage rates had come down and things were looking up compared to the grimness of the fourth quarter. Now, what does that mean even? Um, the builders have advantages that the existing home market does not have. They have the firepower to buy down the rates and and cut costs. They're not emotional, so they're not you know, sitting there thinking, I have this house, I've owned it for 20 years. I, you know, raised my kids here. I'm not going to cut the price and give it away. Like they don't think like that. They are like, oh, we need to unload this house. It's already finished. It's sitting there, you know, losing us money, basically. Let's just cut the price and dump it. Like that's how they think. So that's what we're seeing. We're seeing a lot of incentives, price reductions, and the buy down on the rates, because the rate is the uh, factor that's keeping a lot of buyers out of the market. So this costs the home builders to buy down the rate, but they were already at records. 2022 was a record across the board for basically every publicly traded builder out there. They, um, you know, delivered the, mo the most houses at the highest prices with the highest gross margins in their history. They had the pricing power up until the, when the rates rose because the job markets was so strong and the rates were at record lows before. Um, so they were able to raise prices. Demand was there. This, these things, it was like uh, the perfect storm for the home builders. So now they are cutting but they're coming down off these highs. So yeah, they're not gonna have the record gross margins, but from what some of the builders are telling us already, it still looks pretty darn good on the margins. So let's look at some examples. So TriPoint Homes, ticker P or TPH, T is in Tom, P is in Paul, H is in Harry. You might not know them as much as you know some of the others like Pulte, Lennar, some of those, um, KB Homes, but TriPoint, still a pretty big builder, and they just reported after the Super Bowl. So we're able to get a little bit more color on like what is happening out there. So in the fourth quarter, the grimness was that their net orders were down 69%. So those are people coming in, putting down a deposit and saying, yes, I want this house six months or nine months from now when you have it built and I will purchase it. So orders are what the future is about. It's not deliveries, which is the past. And that was just 444 orders for the entire fourth quarter. So that's October, November, December, just 444. How dramatic of a drop was it? Well, I said it was 69%, but the year before when the rates were low, things were you know really on fire, it was 1,424 homes. So almost a full thousand more orders the year before. That's what the high rates did. Freaked out everybody. They felt like they couldn't afford it. And you know the orders went way down. But looking at Q1, they have told us in January, they already have 421 orders. Now, some of those may be canceled. We don't know. 
but they had 421. They had 444 for the entire fourth quarter. So that's a rebound, if I ever heard one. Um, so they, as you might expect, are feeling more optimistic. Now, I took a look to see what the first quarter has looked like the past couple of years, because that was a red hot quarter. So in 2021, they had 1,987 orders. So almost 2,000 orders in that first quarter, the spring season. 2022, it was down 5% last year, but that's not much. So to 1,896. So a little bit of decline, still red hot. But remember, the Fed started raising rates in March. There was already some jitters that the rates were going to be going up last year, but still enough that people did put in the orders. 2023, we don't know yet, we're still in it, but again, they've done 421 in January. So what will that pace be? It could, let's just say three times, January, February, March, maybe they see 1,200 home sales during uh, this first quarter. That would be down considerably from last year at 1,896, but it's not as devastating as the 69% drop in the fourth quarter. So I'm, you know, that's a little more hopeful because we're not seeing it as bad as Q4. We are rebounding in the other direction. Um, still down sharply though, but not as bad. Now, TriPoint does have a more expensive a home price. So for 2022, their average price of the delivered home was 708,000. It was up 11% from 639,000. So that's on that upper level. Gross margin, adjusted gross margin was 29%. I think that was a record for TriPoint. Um, to put that in perspective, usually in the, the kind of bearish markets, it's under 20% and bullish is, you know, 22 to 25. And now this is a new high, almost nearing the 30%. <laughs> These are the gross margins again. So that's very high. You can see now why they're able to do the buy downs, why they're able to cut costs. It will impact those gross margins, but it will still be you know, very attractive gross margins in the low 20s, most likely, which is a normal kind of bullish gross margins. That's when things are going good. So you can see now why the home, uh, you know, construction home builders are still optimistic, even though a lot of housing bears out there are like, oh, the doom and the gloom and, and their sales, their orders are way down. But their business model is actually working far better than 2007, 2008. And they're keeping for now the adjusted uh, gross margins levels at these, you know, very nice, attractive levels. Okay, another company were also reported after the Super Bowl, and it was LGI Homes, ticker L as in Larry, G as in George, I as in iodine. <laughs> And H is in Harry, L-G-I-H. And they too, record-breaking 2022, their full year adjusted gross margin was 29.2. The new company record, so very similar. They're killing it. 
um, they are at a different price point. Uh, they have the modest price point. So this is interesting to look at because these buyers are going to be especially rate sensitive. So for the full year, their average sales price was 348000 So a lot cheaper, about half that of TriPoint. But that was up 19.2% year over year. And in the fourth quarter, this is interesting, their average price closed. So they're holding at these levels. Um, was still up 6.3% year over year to 337,198. So they were it managed to close those homes in the fourth quarter, uh, hopefully locking in people at the lower rate locks. And they, they still had some closings. There was the cancellations, but uh, for the most part, you know, still keeping that elevated average sales price. So they have said they're right-sizing their inventory. They've reduced their owned and controlled lots by 21.7%. And they ended the year 2022 with about 3,300 homes in vertical construction and completed inventory. It's not too bad, 3,300. then they said recent lead and sales trends have been very positive. This is what TriPoint has said about the first start of the year. And then LGI said first eight weeks of the year, their net orders pace has been 7.2 homes per active community. That is versus 2.9 in Q4. And uh, these net orders pace per active community, a lot of analysts look at this. is very hot, extremely hot. I can't even say. 2.9 is actually not that bad for Q4 when things were looking kind of grim. Most of the builders will be around three, maybe four, but 7.2, that is a big rebound. But they have mentioned the rates are back rising again. Um, So that is probably going to impact as they go along. But they gave 2023 outlook of their uh, home price of 335 to 350. So that's around what they were last year. So they're not going to see increases there, but they're not seeing the average home price fall off a cliff. And adjusted gross margins now 22.5 to 24.5. And this is what I was talking about. They're not able to keep that 29% level. That was the peak. But 22.5 to 24.5 is still a bullish market for the home builders. That's still a bull. So things, if this holds, are not that bad. They look for closings, 6,000 to 7,000 homes closing. And I think they saw, 2022, they saw 6,621. That did fall 36% from the prior year because there were cancellations, people walking away. So they are going to close on fewer homes, well, similar to last year. And then again, this year, they're not growing their closings. So this is where, you know, things are um, a little different for the home builders, even though, you know, it's not as bad as what everybody said. Their home backlog fell 65.8% to just 702 homes because the orders are down and they're delivering all of the crazy orders from 2021 and uh, the beginning of 2022 when things were really hot. So that backlog will continue to fall. But in some ways, the builders, uh, you know, were feeling the stress, the, the pains of the super high backlog. 
It was taking longer to deliver the homes, which is never good for the customers. You don't want to wait over a year to get your new home. You just don't. And so um, supply chain issues, they couldn't get the garage doors, if you recall. And then there were just other things. Uh, there's been some wiring shortages, things like that. And so there's going to feel a little relief here when the backlog, they're delivering and they can catch up a bit on the backlog side of things. So all in all, not too terrible. So then I thought I'd take a look at Pulte Group, ticker PHM. They're one of the industry leaders, one of the biggest nationwide. They've already reported. So I wanted to see what the analysts are doing and what it looks like for this, uh, you know, someone who's already reported prior to the Super Bowl and what the analysts are thinking this year looks like. And this is going to be true across the board with all these home builders. So Pulte Group, uh, 2023 earnings looking at $7.28, but that's down 32.6% from last year. The peak year, they made 1080, but um, shares still cheap, PE of 7.5. The shares have uh, rallied this year, along with all the other home builders, up 16.8% now. But over the last five days, people getting a little nervous about these higher mortgage rates again. Shares are down about 6%. So the traders are starting to come out of the hope trade. The hope trade is actually still looking kind of good. It is still more bullish in Q1 than Q4, but it's already priced in. The people just kind of trading the hope trade are now starting to get out. So I'm feeling like the hope trade might be over with a lot of these housing stocks and housing related stocks now. They, it usually does happen in the fall, extends into the spring, and then kind of peters out. And this year, more than ever, people are going to lock in those gains because they don't trust it. And these shares are likely to go lower. Um, Pulte Group's paying a dividend, 1.2% yield. So that's not too bad. If the shares go lower, you you know they intend to keep paying this out. They have the cash flow. And a lot of these builders... Just their balance sheets are so much better than 2007, 2008 when you know they got into trouble when those sales uh, crashed in, on this magnitude. But they had too much land, too much inventory back then, too much debt. Now it's the complete opposite. They have a lot of extra cash. They've been paying down some of the debt. They've been getting rid of excess land. And they don't have as much inventory. And those who do are able to sell it pretty quickly in these areas where the rates have come down because the buyers are still there. So spec inventory is back in. That's where it can be delivered like right away. I've seen on some of the um, home builder sites, it says like move in ready. Like that's the sign, like this home is already built or very soon will be completed. And you can move in like right away. And that's key right now, too. People don't want to wait the six months. They want to just close, lock in whatever rate they can get and, you know, get in there. So the spec homes are actually to somewhat of an advantage. But what about uh, the ancillary areas around the home builders now? So we did just hear a report from Home Depot, ticker HD. Um, you know, it was mixed. The professional side, which is a big part of their business, was actually looking up. The professional side is still renovating the kitchen and doing the big addition on the back of the house, apparently. 
but the do-it-yourself, the home renovator, the I'm going to go paint my wall today person like myself, um, they've pulled back. They did all that during the pandemic. They're done with that, and that is slowing. So they're seeing, you know, decline there. It's not terrible again, uh, but they are cautious about the rest of the year because of, you know, the stresses on the consumer and just them going to pay to do other things. They're going to go on that vacation instead of putting in new countertops or that kind of thing. They've already done that. They're done. So they raised the dividend, Home Depot, 10%. It's currently yielding 2.4%. The stock is trading at 18, almost 19 times. It's not super expensive. It's not like Costco, which is insanely expensive on a PE basis. But these shares have kind of been going nowhere for a couple of months now, and they could come down more here. You might and likely could get this cheaper. So I would be on the sidelines with any of these kind of ancillary companies, even like the furniture guys, because remember, you buy new furniture when you buy the house. When the house sales are down this dramatically, that means the furniture sales will be too. And their quarters haven't been bad um, so far because they are still delivering the old orders. But orders are down dramatically so far from the ones that have reported, like Ethan Allen, ticker ETD. Uh, I like these upscale furniture, but um, you know they have no debt, ETD, and they pay a big dividend. But uh, they're going to have to write it out, and they will come out on the other side of it. The sales will come up, and in fact, we are already seeing that happen here in the first quarter. But for how long is the question? <laughs> I do think you can get any of these furniture retailers much cheaper, too. We've got a couple more of them still coming up to report earnings. So tune into some of them, like the Williams and Sonomas, to get a better handle on what is happening on these ancillary areas. Another one I took a look at was Masco, ticker M-A-S, M as in Mary, A as in Adam, S as in Sam. You might not know them, but big ancillary company. They own Delta Faucet, Hansgrow, and like Bear Paint. So they were big, had big years during the pandemic. We were all painting, but that those sales start to come down. 2023 earnings expected to be down 13%. That's not terrible, but it's coming off of these high levels, 328 versus 377. They do pay a dividend, which I believe they raised or they did start doing share buyback, one of the two, uh, last quarter when they announced earnings already. Um, so they do have the free cash flow, these types of companies. It's not all doom and gloom, but things are going to slow off those highs. Uh, what? How expensive is it? 16.7 times forward earnings. Is that cheap? Not really. It's a little cheaper than S&P 500, but I would prefer to get some of these stocks like dirt cheap, frankly, year to date up 13% on the hope. Oh, we're, you know, yay, the thing's looking up. People are going to buy, you know, the the faucets. They're going to need to paint, blah, blah, blah. But I feel like that's going to come back down now that we see, yes, things are better, but not, not that much better. And there's still all this uncertainty out there about what is going to happen um, over the next nine months, per se, of this year. 
what happens with the mortgage rates. Some of the big uh, mortgage rate economist types who are out there think we're at peak mortgage rates for this year at the 6.8. But are we? Um, If it doesn't go back over seven, that's a good thing. If it slowly starts to come down again by the summer, you know, back closer to six or back into the fives, that would be a great thing, as we've seen, for housing. As long as the other side holds up, the employment side, then you, you will have the buyers coming back out to look because it's about that monthly payment. Can we afford that? Um, you know, that's where it gets more difficult. The home builders are trying to give it to the buyers. They're trying to find where the market is. They can do a lot. But the existing home sellers, you and I, we can't as easily do a rate buy down. Although I have seen on some listings about a seller credit to help with the rate side of things, but it's not nearly as good as what the home builders can do. That is their advantage. They have financing arms usually. And so they're able to take the hit and do the share buy, share down, uh, buy down for you on the mortgage rate buy down. Um, but uh, existing home sales, still record low inventories. So most of us aren't willing to give up our two and a half or 3% mortgage rate right now unless we have to. And so we're sitting there on the sidelines and anyone who wants to buy, it's not really getting much to choose from. And that that is coming on the market, if it's priced correctly, is selling pretty quickly from what I've seen in many cities because there is still demand. The job market is still good. People still want a place to live and need to buy homes. So this is an interesting housing market, even more interesting maybe than the pandemic booming market because there's all these balls in the air. And if you're looking at these stocks and where you want to be, I'm on the sidelines with all of these right now. Um, I don't own any of them in the value investor portfolio. I haven't seen the insiders buying um, in the home builders so far in the uh, insider trader portfolio that I run here where the insiders buy and then we buy. So they have been buying during the pandemic, the insiders at the home builders, because things were just so good and the stocks were cheap. But they now know that this is a much more difficult environment and we had the rally in the shares. So are the stocks really cheap? Cheap on a PE basis still, it's seven or eight times some of these are trading. But that could still get cheaper as we move across this year and we see how things shake out. So that's why I'm on the sidelines. I don't really believe in market timing per se. And I still like the businesses of all these because just because you're off the peak doesn't mean things still aren't good. They still have the gross margins. Um, so, and the demand is still there from the millennial home buyers and now even Gen Z home buyers. And we have the baby boomers moving everywhere around the country as well. So, demand is still there. And I kind of doubt we're going to stop fixing up our homes completely, right? Uh, we still will do that. But if I can get Home Depot even cheaper 
and it has traded cheaper in the past, then um, I'm glad to get it at 14 times, 15 times, or however cheap I can get the stock. So keep that in mind too. So let me recap some of the stocks I mentioned. So there was TriPoint Homes, ticker TPH, that just reported. There was LGI Homes, that also just reported, ticker LGIH. Both of them are fairly optimistic here because why not? They're seeing a rebound in January. They're feeling better. People are in their showrooms and they're putting down deposits again. So not as good as the super red hot market, but with these kind of rates to see this rebound, they'll take it. So keep that in mind. Uh, the other one was Pulte, ticker PHM is the ticker there. There's other numerous home builders. And as I'm recording this, we're about to hear from the luxury home builder Toll Brothers, ticker TOL. Don't know what they're going to say. They have a lot of cash buyers. They build custom homes. It's a little bit different market than someone like LGI that's price point is about 350000 So got to think about that too. Who's the buyer? What's happening with those buyers? Do the rates matter as much and all of that? So keep that in mind. Then we had some of the ancillary companies like Home Depot, ticker HD. We had Ethan Allen. You want to go check out, uh, you know, some on the furniture side or keep them on your watch list. They got to pay. They do pay that big dividend and no debt. Ticker E as in Edward, T as in Tom, D as in David. Gets messed around a lot because some people still think it's a cryptocurrency ticker. They used to be ETH, and so everyone thought it was Ethereum. They changed it to ETD, and I still see people posting in there about crypto. <laughs> Poor Ethan Allen, but it is ticker ETD for Ethan Allen. I mentioned Williams and Sonoma. They haven't reported yet. Ticker WSM for them, and then there's Masco. They have the bare paints, the faucets, uh, Earnings expected to come down, not super dramatic, cheap, but not cheaper, not cheapest. Is that a word? <laughs> not, not dirt cheap. Let's call it that. Uh, 16 times Masco, ticker M-A-S. And as I said, there's a lot going on in this industry. I'm sure I'll have Kevin Cook back on again. We have chatted about this offline, off the podcast already since our last podcast and we're about to get some data from like open door they're about to report um that's a i buyer so that's going to be key and then when we hear some more from these furniture companies and then i'll have kevin back on to talk some more about what he's seeing out there it's an interesting time indeed but i'm on the sidelines with some of these stocks for right now yes i am trying to time the market because i think i can get them cheaper but uh, be sure to stick around, get all of our podcasts because there's going to be a lot going on. And as I promised, I'm going to try to have John Blank on to talk again about this crazy economy, what's happening with this red hot job market and even, you know, the home side, not as bad as everybody thought. Can we avoid a recession? This is always our topic with John Blank, so I'm going to try to have him on. So be sure to get us. We're on the uh, SoundCloud, of course. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever else you can get podcasts. We're on there. Get us somewhere, and I'll see you again next week on The Market Edge. 
This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.